You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Hey there, guys. I've just ruined all of my screen setup, uh, and then we'll start the podcast. <laughs> Nothing like a mess up at the last minute. Uh, but at least this way, I can actually read the, the conversation over on Discord, because we have people watching live on Twitch, on YouTube, and on Discord as well. People are listening in live on Discord, and those are the people that can uh, listen in fractions of a second before everyone else. Fractions of a second. Those lucky, lucky people. And yes, Michael Towns is definitely one of those people. He's everywhere. And when I used to do things on Twitch, he'd be there too. <laughs> yep. Majorly. Right. I reckon. You are moving around like loads of my little camera down here. Let me fix you. I'm so sorry, mate. <laughs> you can actually see Craig underneath as well. There you he can. is. There he is. Can you see Craig? One of his only appearances. <laughs> no, that's not you. Uh, oh, my God. I can't get. I can't find you. I generally can't find you to move I'm you. I'm here. I don't know how to change you back. Uh, yeah, Craig is the bear icon, which is funny because my name's Grizzly and you'd think that'd be more appropriate for the there bear. We, no, that's is that it? Smelly villainous bear. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. So I sorry about this, people. That's we, all we, right. We don't like doing things easily, though. It's not our, it's not our, it's not our style. Got to make sure Grizzly's on the camera. If Grizzly ain't here, it ain't a show at all. All right, there we are. There we go. Right, Grizzly. <sighs> Talk us through our six topics of conversation for Slopescast, October 25th. Right. I'm going to ask one thing. Can we do a proper start? <laughs> okay. And then I'll set my note and then we'll do the uh, the episode read. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Pick behind the curtain. We're a little rusty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're never going to get better. This is going to, we're going to be rusty forever. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Hey there, guys. Welcome to Slopescast, October 25th. Uh, 2022, and yeah, yeah, we've had a couple of weeks off. We've had a few things we've had to sort out, uh, but we're back. And as usual, Grizzly is going to talk us through our six topics of conversation. Take it away. All righty. So this week we're going to be talking about the last call for the analog Mega SG and Super NT, which is a bit of a shame. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be talking about the Bayonetta Free controversy uh, with the voice actor um, Helena. Uh, what's her name? Um, then we're going to look at Silent Hill making a very, very big return uh, in multiple ways. Uh, lots of exciting ways, if you're a Silent Hill fan. Uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, a rare prototype has been discovered for TigerGame.com. Um, then we're going to talk about Perfect Dark being decompiled for PC and the Xbox Live fan project, which is coming out at the end of this year. And it's going to launch with compatibility for 17 games. Ooh, where's the Sega topic of the week? That would be the Mega SG, surely. 
Oh, of course, of course. I'm being slow. I mean, there's a little bit of a uh, connection with Bayonetta to a degree, if you go back. And uh, the Xbox time. Live thing. So it was a Crimson Skies. Was that a Sega thing? I don't believe so. Uh, oh, well, let's just assume so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think you're thinking of that crazy Taxi Dreamcast game, aren't you? Yeah, the quite flying possibly. One. Propeller, Pro- Propeller Arena. Arena, that's it, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, look, let's get straight into it then. Let's chat about Analog. Um, we're both big yes. fans. We've yes, both got definitely. both of these machines, so this doesn't affect us personally. Um, but yes, the final run of the Mega SG and the Super NT is coming from Analog. Um, for people out there that don't know what these are, these are FPGA uh, Mega Drives and Super Nintendos. And in most people's opinion, outside of Mr. This is the best way to play on your with your original cartridges on newer age TVs, and, and in some cases on old TVs as well. If you've got the yeah. right leads for it, um, yeah. The the Mega SG, uh, the Mega Drive version, is one I've used loads. Uh, I was so upset I didn't get myself a Super NT, which is obviously the Super Nintendo version. I eventually did get round to getting one, and uh, <laughs> I've very I've not used it that much. I, I will get around to using it more in time. Uh, but as you know, I'm more of a Sega fanboy. I don't have the biggest Super Nintendo or Super Famicom collection. Um, but uh, hey, this is going to be the final run of these incredible consoles. And um, if you don't have one, better go get one. These are always the the, the type of consoles where I, I like um and ah about whether to get them or not. And then ultimately I do. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't quite done the same for the analog pocket but i've got the uh mega sg the super nt and the nt mini which is the uh nes super nintendo and mega drive uh in comparison um and they are like excellent ways to play original carts and of course you can use things like um jailbreaks there's like a semi-official jailbreak you could get for these things but Mm -hmm. what you're getting is a perfect one-to-one recreation of the um of the original like console like cycles so that they they work exactly as you'd expect them to but also you get that output to 1080p uh, or yeah. up to 1080p um region free uh, just the best possible way it even works with like um the um mega cd and they've recently worked out how to get 32x running on this using a dac converter it is expensive i'm not gonna lie and especially if you live in the uk because you're gonna have things like import duty to worry about but i will say um i'll go out on a limb and say it's worth it especially if you have a sizable collection um yeah i I do have a sizable mega drive collection so it's worth it for me in this this instance yeah I mean, I've got uh, 180 games back there for the Mega Drive alone. It comes with a Master System adapter, so you can play all of those. I've got about 30 of those. And then for the Super Nintendo, I've got about... um, I must be approaching about 40 games for that now. Um, Mm -hmm. And it lets you play... Uh, most importantly to UK gamers out there, because this is often overlooked, is that for the vast majority of the titles, uh, it will let you play PAL games at 60 frames per second, uh, which is an absolute amazing thing, because not even the original hardware could do that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Good. Yeah, I, I, I really like it as well, because I've got a Mega SD connected into it. I can actually show you mine right here. It's directly under my system for easy use. Uh, don't drop my drink. There's my Mega SG with the Mega SD connected into it. A uh, bit of a controversial company by this point, actually, Mega SG, uh, uh, SD, the Terra Onion. But 
Um, it is so easy just to pop out the SD card on the side of this thing and um, uh, play a lot of like demos from Kickstarters. You know, the, uh, I get sent, oh, there's a new Mega Drive game coming out. You want to try it? And I'm like, I can play that straight away. And it, yeah. it feels like a really great, great way of doing that. Um, playing all those ROM hacks and stuff like that. It's a, it's a really, really cool system. And obviously, you know, with the Mega, uh, there's uh, Mega cd or sega cd games as well um i need to look into this 32x stuff i know you said there was the dac lead thing they've, yeah how they, they've got to find a better way around it than that because the dac thing's really annoying for me <laughs> still um they need they need to get their need to work their head around that the problem is is that they've kind of taken the approach and i don't necessarily appreciate this as such but i can kind of get why because you're talking about very niche products where they have like limited appeal outside of the the fan base that goes for them they could sell thousands of these i just don't i genuinely don't know but the approach they've gone is that of apple where it's not just say an fpga mega drive it's actually like a boutique like designed designer mm. type thing and that adds to the cost and there's no ifs or buts about it um which is a bit of a shame. But then you look at projects like the Mr. FPGA, which has, you know, all of these cores for all of the consoles up to PS1 now. Um, but that's £500 around that to build in the UK. So when you look at it, it's not actually that bad bad of a deal, especially when you jailbreak this and get all of those FPA, FPGA cores built in as an aside. You can essentially do uh, what you can with the Mr. with one of these-ish. Uh, you know it's not too it's not too shabby in that regard so yeah i mean you've got the mega cd the mega drive the master system game gear all of those just run straight out of the box uh for this system and 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 um other ones as well what what ones am i forgetting like the sg 1000 and stuff like that um i've got it here yeah so they, yeah game sg gear, 1000 game gear um they've done that mostly ones yeah, yeah, those are the official ones, but they've also got like uh, the PC, um, PC Engine, um, as well as like Commodore. Um, what, for the, the, for the uh, Mega SG? Yeah, it's just uh, it's just like additional cores you can unlock using those things. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it can do a lot more than just those so consoles. That would, that would be like 100% replicated the same way this is? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's pretty awesome. So, I mean, even without all of that, for me this is the number one system that I would want. Like, possibly I could be interested in the Sega Saturn if they ever did that um, because of the hardcore amounts of uh, uh, how hard it is to emulate that system. But I think that would be it. I know you would be a big fan if they did something with the N64. Um, mm. But Oh, I'd be all over that. I'd be on it like white on rice. But at the same time, I mean, I, I probably would buy an N64 for like research purposes. But I don't know. Like, mm, I've, I, I, th th this is this is the final part for me. I don't I don't need any other systems. Like Dreamcast, you can you can actually mod that yourself to be perfect. You know, you can make your own one essentially. So this this yeah. is all I need. Um, this and the Super Nintendo. These are the best systems I think they'll ever release. It, it's it's weird to me that they're doing a final print run. I don't think it will be their final one. No, if if anything, they're probably just working out a way in which to either do a more expensive version or a cheaper version, like maybe something that's made out of plastic. Yeah, because these maybe. are these are proper metal, aren't they? You know, you, you lift these things, they feel like quality. Oh yeah, there, but, there's no cheapness about it. And I, I've yeah. got a couple of the clone systems. Um, yeah, I mean this this feels like proper weight. This is nice. It's yeah. the Super NT one. Yeah, really, really nice. Uh, the rubber bottom as well, so it doesn't slide about. 
yeah, yeah. really really nice man what an awesome system anyway yeah it's the last last run they're doing or so they say of these two systems which i think are the two most popular they'll ever do outside of the pocket um the pocket never interested me because i prefer sort of a curved edge handheld system like the game boy advance i don't like that square you're holding a brick feel it just i've never i've never I've never been a fan of like the game boy color style or the uh the original game boy um i but the original game boy is better it's a bit fattier fatter uh but i prefer the, the the rounded edged like psp ps vita game boy advance style yeah so, um i yeah it's not really for me the pocket uh but yeah the the, the the mega drive and the super nintendo all about that all about that and get Bant is uh, calling you out on that one, saying you don't like the Game Boy. Wow, unsubbed. Uh, no, it's it's perfectly fine not to like the form factor of the Game Boy, uh, <laughs> the Game Boy Color specifically, because it's too small and it's vertical. Uh, who wants that? Who needs that? Who's got time for that anymore? Um, game Boy? What is? What even is a Game Boy? No, 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 no. It's all about the Virtual Boy these days. <laughs> uh, can I just say uh, something I really enjoyed? Uh, because on the on Dan's screen uh on the stream it's not saying it now but just before uh i saw the twitter trends yeah <laughs> and it says what's happening and it said politics oh for for ffs yeah i just saw that so come up trending beetlejuice they just announced beetlejuice too oh let's see let's see let's see uh, how do you do it when you search one of those trending it just comes up with what everyone's talking about how do you find what the thing what, what's making it trending I think it's just you, you just investigate, I suppose. That's the that's the Hello. trap. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I mean it's it's not in the top. <laughs> so <laughs> all right, okay. Right, we're, we're we're moving on. We're moving on from that and we're gonna move on to some controversial stuff. Yes. Bayonetta free. I see this being a video on the channel, if I'm honest. This yeah, is a this is uh this is something. This is controversial. So I'm not gonna say I fell for it. But I definitely did fall for her uh, when she made that first statement. Um, and uh, am I still live, by the way, on YouTube? Yeah. Okay. This is being really, really weird, my YouTube. Anyway, um, sorry. Apologies for that. Bayonetta 3. Um, Jennifer Hale has been the voice of Bayonetta in number one and number two. And I believe in other uh, spin-offs as well, where she appears in things like um, uh, Smash Brothers and stuff like that. I believe she's in those as well. Sorry, uh, yeah. it's, it's uh, this Helena. Um, Helena was the voice oh, sorry. of the first two. Got it, got it around the wrong way. So Helena was the, first, the the voice of those original ones and the spin-off. Um, but yeah, she put out a, a, a tweet kicking off that she's not in the third game because she was underpaid. Um, yeah. And I think pretty much everyone in unison felt sorry for her because it's not a small franchise. It's not as big as everyone makes it out to be. Everyone thinks it's certainly not like, as it's certainly not as big as she's thinking it is. Um, she's claiming yeah. it's like worth four hundred and fifty million million dollars, no, which no. is which they'd be lucky to get if they, you know, everyone paid full price mm -hmm. um, for every copy sold. Um, but that's not forget it. That's that's of course forgetting all of the overheads that go into you know making and releasing a game. The mm -hmm. the, the fact is, uh, Platinum release games on the shoestring. They're not making mega money. It's amazing that they're still open. Um, yeah. To be fair, anyway, I'm not going to try and just jump on the defense of you know Platinum because ultimately corporations aren't your friends. Yeah, so <laughs> not allowed to be. No, no, definitely not. 
But um, the claims that Helena Taylor, uh, who is the voice actress, uh, has made um, in conjunction with a video saying you must boycott this company. I, I totally concur about, you know, feeling for her because voice actors don't get paid enough. They're certainly, you know, um, not on the same uh, pay grade as like a full body actor, actor or actress in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's saying that uh, in her original uh, claim she stated that she was only offered four thousand uh, dollars to play the role of bayonetta uh, which has later come out to be false so yes let's just go through a uh, timeline of the events so, yeah i think the way she's tried to do it she's tried to word it where well no technically i am true in what i said because she was at one point offered that, but she's missed a whole lot out that's got to that point. Um, yeah. yeah go through the points there. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So the timeline is uh, Helena Taylor just uh, out of the blue um, just says, right. Okay. Bayonetta three is about to come out. I'm going to put out a tweet uh, video. And she was saying that uh, she was only offered $4,000 for the role of Bayonetta in Bayonetta three. Which is grossly, um, grossly, uh, it's a gross amount of money to be paid for such an iconic role. Yeah, which would be, yeah, absolutely. So you can see why people immediately jumped to her defense because mm-hmm. let's just face it, it's like, you know, the voice voice acting community gets a rough deal. There's no ifs or buts about that. Um, so a lot of people jumped to her side and then they, they stated that they were going to boycott Bayonetta 3. And not only that, they were going to, um, people went on to harass Jennifer Hale, who replaced her as Bayonetta for Bayonetta 3. Um, and likewise, uh, Hideki Kamiya, um, who is the head honcho over at Platinum Games, which is you know internet dogpile? It's the you. It's the way of the the way of the world. How it happens? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I I I I'm a little bit uh, <laughs> used to that. Yeah. Point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, a w- about a week passes, and then suddenly the other side of the story comes out, and this is why you should always wait for that other side of the story so platinum has responded um in conjunction with a um it from an article in kotaku by jason schreier uh it wasn't four thousand dollars that was offered it was fifteen thousand dollars for the role of bayonetta and in bayonetta 3 which is still quite low let's be honest it's still quite low but it's not nearly as low as what was being suggested as like the first and only offer um, that mm-hmm. Helena was suggesting. Um, and then the $4,000 was for a cameo in Bayonetta 3 because Hideki Kimiya was very aware that people wanted to hear her voice in the game. So it's a bit of a lie <clears throat> being spun there. Um, a few other things have come out about the actress um, stating that she's a bit on the transphobic side, which is definitely a bloody no-no. Um, and I just, have not known that part. God. Yes, there's there's <clears throat> a, there's a few uh, quotes that have come out uh, from her previous tweets, and you know just who she supports and what have you. So that's come out as a thing. And just in general, she's like went on this Twitter tirade about um, about the whole thing. And where she's been called out as a liar and a gold digger and um, just in general had a response to say. And it hasn't made things sound better. She's just saying that um, people have claimed that she asked for $250,000 from Platinum Games to, you know, play Bayonetta, uh, which is a tad high. (laughs) You know, you could talk about the lowest, uh, the lowest of the uh, what? 
voice actors get paid, but 250 grand for a game that's not going to make nearly as much as she thinks it is, yeah. um, is still is still quite high. Um, I don't know whether that's true or not. It's not come out as true or not. So yeah, that's just that's just that. Um, she hasn't come out looking good as a result of all of this lies. And to be honest, you know, if if she turned round and said. $15,000 is not enough for the voice acting role for the main character in a game that's, you know, very, very popular and it's got this amount of pre-orders, what have you. I think people would have sided with her still. You know, I, I think people would have been on her side, maybe to a lesser extent, but she went for maximum impact and now it's come back to bite her. So yes. it's, it's a proper mess. An it really is. And like I say, this is going to be an interesting thing to cover in time. And I, I, I would like to cover this because I do find this sort of stuff very interesting. Um, I'm, I'm a massive advocate for um, uh, voice actors and voice actresses, what have you, um, getting paid good money as opposed to all of those American uh, voice actors that they would get in just because they're American voice, uh, American, sorry, uh, movie voice actors. I absolutely hate it. Um, uh, a perfect example is when they release an animated movie and they'd rather fill it up with a uh, big <laughs> budget Hollywood title, uh, Hollywood characters, uh, like the Mario movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens with almost everything that isn't a Disney movie. Even Disney have fallen prey to it here and there. But I do feel like with Disney's mainline movies, they do it and it works. Tom Hanks as, um, uh, as Woody works, you know, The Rock as, uh, I can't think of the guy's name from Moana, it works. Maui, um, it works. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, uh, Mr. Bean as uh, Zazu, it works. You know, Rowan Atkinson even. But it's it's not one, of, they don't do those films where it's a trailer at the end and it goes, do, 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 with all of the big names, uh, with Chris Pratt right at the top and everything else. Yeah. So You can see uh, that with the, with the Mario movie specifically. What's the first thing you heard about that film? Exactly, going to be in it. Exactly, um, exactly. And and then the thing is, if you you compare the way I like to compare it is the original Lion King movie, which was perfect. Like I say, I think Rowan Atkinson was probably one of the bigger ones on there. Matthew um, Broderick as well, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, but it, it, everything worked for that. And then you look at the live action uh, Lion King movie, and you know Beyonce, fantastic singer, brilliant at that. But then all you can hear when you're watching it is Beyonce going, Gah! doing a gospel singing. And it's like, oh my God, this is just like I'm yeah. listening to some like uh, Beyonce album that I never wanted to put on in the first place. I, voice act actors don't get enough credit, let alone uh, they don't get paid enough. So I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Rant over. You can, rant you, can over. You, you can kind of blame DreamWorks for all of that. You know, it's really funny because I was having the same conversation with uh, with my wife yesterday because we've been watching a, f a few Disney films just to, mm. you know, have something nice and positive to play in the background uh, while while we're raising our child. And um, it's it's come off as interesting because we're just like going, we've we kind of watched them in, in sync and gone, right, so this is where they started to uh, use actual known, you know, celebrity talent as opposed mm -hmm. to just nobodies, you know, like Alice in Wonderland. Who, what, what would have been Shrek, the original Shrek? You can blame that, and that's exactly where you can blame DreamWorks for that. But it goes a bit further back than that because you had, like, the likes of Aladdin in the 90s that had Robin Williams. Um, yeah, what I then find Anastasia like and all of that. It's yeah. one person. And I, 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 it doesn't take over the movie and it's not like robin williams is an interesting one because he comes to the role being robin williams it's like made for him yeah it's not like that, uh, you know we've got a lego movie let's make the lego man chris pratt 
for no yeah. other reason, you know, just because it's Chris Pratt. And and exactly like I I, I don't look at a Lego man and Mario and think they're the same person, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. Or, or every every dumb stonery sort of character has to be uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah. So one. Mike, um, Mike just put it perfectly. It it went from guest roles to being like the entire yes. like, cast. Yes. Um, so you had like uh, Eddie Murphy in, as Mushu and Mulan. Um, you had uh, Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks and Woody Allen as Buzz and uh, Buzz and Woody, and that's it. Um, it's it's strange, isn't it? How these mm. like bankable stars just started to creep in, and of course, you know, with the likes of Anastasia from DreamWorks, where they didn't have necessarily the same kind of like glitzy glamour of a Disney film. They kind of made up for it in celebrity talent and you know Don Bluth. So it was just all of these uh, all of these different things, and it's it's kind of seeped into culture these days. But Robin Williams is a perfect example of. Um, of vocal talent that didn't get paid nearly enough because he was paid the union rates for Aladdin. And wow. as a result, he, um, he had this whole thing like saying, right. Okay. If you're going to pay me the union rate, that's absolutely fine. However, you cannot use the genie to, to sell, um, merchandise or anything like that. And the movie poster, he has to be less than a third of that movie poster. Famously, Disney um, went against Robin Williams' uh, wishes when they realised just how popular his role would be, uh, and he ended up falling out with the Disney company um, up until Aladdin Three came out, where he they came back, King of Thieves. <laughs> did you do you know why he came back? Go on. Well, one one of the reasons. So the the Len president at the time, um, in a bid to make amends, he gifted Robin Williams an original Picasso painting. Wow. Um, as a means to say sorry for the whole thing. Very interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. That is interesting. Mm. He's an interesting character. Was an interesting character. Yeah. Rest in peace. What a legend. What a legend. Anyway, on to Helena Taylor. Uh, yeah, so she did her tweet. Everyone was all for her. But as we've uh, established here, it, yeah, it was uh, very much uh, not exactly how she put it. Um, and And her numbers just seem to go way, way up into the air where she, where she's saying 450 million. It's not worth that. And she's saying, people are saying that uh, she was asking for 250,000. I don't know where that's come from. All of the major news people that I watch and I've read on this, no one's really said that they were offering 250,000. I'm pretty sure it wasn't in that Bloomberg article either, which is the, the big one. So yeah, this is uh this is all very, mm, not so sure about this. Not so sure about this. Either way, She's getting quite a lot of negative uh, press on this. Um, it has actually affected the the, um, uh, uh, the Bayonetta game uh, in a positive way. Originally, I saw a lot of uh, other YouTubers. I know people like Dreamcast Guy and a few other people that I know were getting rid of their pre-orders. Uh, but um, uh, in, in actual fact, if you go over to Amazon, the, the, the pre-sales shot up after all of this. I think it just got more into the public eye. Uh, and the, the game is now starting to get reviews pop up. And I saw one just before we started today, and it was getting 10 out of 10. Um, the best Bayonetta game, which is quite incredible. I've only ever played the first one. I did enjoy it, but um, I've never got around to playing number two. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Hey. I think the, uh, the, the, the biggest takeaway from this is that um, this uh, Helena Taylor um, 
will probably never work in the in the industry again because uh, this is the kind of thing that just turns people off from offering roles it's almost as if and this is purely speculative and in no way an opinion that i 100 percent believe but i'm gonna say it because you know stranger things have happened right it's almost as if she t- came out and said all of this to cash her chips out you know yeah um to to say let's start a GoFundMe and I'll retire off whatever I make, that kind of thing, because nobody would go into this thinking that this was going to be a suitable way to make, um, you know, that this is going to be, you know, a positive ending, especially if she knew what half she was saying was untrue, which has been, which has come out. Yeah. You know, there's no way that platinum would have just taken it lying down that people would be screaming so loudly that platinum wouldn't be able to overpower them. Mm-hmm. with reason no way at all so there's there had to be an exit strategy of some kind and if i was ea activision or any other studio um looking for voice act actress roles i wouldn't pick her not now because ultimately if they did anything that was slightly uncouth for you know you know offered fifteen thousand, which is above the union rate um if she came out and complained about it it's just negative it's just controversy for the sake mm. of controversy. I wouldn't touch yeah. you with a with a burning stick. <laughs> a burning I mean, stick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I get it. It's um. See, I mean, I'm two minds over this because as soon as it came out and everyone was on her side when it originally started, I, I, like I said, I saw people stopping their pre-orders. But then you go over to Amazon and the pre-orders for the game had shot up. This has become yeah. big news. So I I I I'm with you in the sense that. I can't imagine anyone would hire her, but it does make you question, does bad press, you know, is all bad press, you know, good press in in a sense. I mean, she may get something off the back of this because now she's a name that as much as I support uh, voice actors, I've got a, you know, hand on my heart, admit I didn't actually know who this person was up until a few days ago. Well, she's not in the game. She's made that very clear. So yeah. she's she's not earning anything out of doing this. And if anything, she's just highlighted why people should go out and buy it now because she's trying to... What she doesn't understand, right, is mm. that she's not the only creative in this whole thing. Platinum is filled with him. There's people at the top, sure. You know, Hideki Kamiya, you know, he's, he's a creative director. He created Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 4, um... And also things like the original Bayonetta, Devil May Cry, some of the some classic games. But to be honest, if he was found to be guilty of doing this kind of thing, I would throw him under the bus, as far as I'm concerned, because it's you know you got to be on the the side of who's right, or you know who's in the wrong, or who's in who's in the right. Um, but ultimately, uh, it's all of the 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 the, the designers, the uh, programmers, all of these people are creatives in an industry that doesn't pay an awful lot to creatives. Um, so she's kind of like punched down in a way, um, mm. in a way that shouldn't be done. So it's easy to look at like a building of people and go, right, that's the big guy and I'm the small guy. But ultimately, right, she has just, yeah, she's burnt bridges is, is the simplest way, to, simplest way to put it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. She's seriously burnt her bridges, and um, yeah, don't hundred percent know how she's going to come back from this, if at all. Um, but like I say, it might flip around, and, and she might get some. She's had a lot of publicity over it. Maybe she will get some like 
I say half decent roles, but Bayonetta was definitely that. Who knows what will come out? Yeah. Of this. Oh, um, and just in terms of the whole sales pitch, uh, you know, the whole thing. The truth is, the truth of the matter is, very few people who buy games, and this might be a shock to some people who, but really believe that the voice on Twitter is that big, but it isn't. The people complaining about this, the people reporting about this. They're all like for a vocal minority compared to the people who actually buy games. Bayonetta 3 is just a game that's coming out soon and people are going, right, okay, previews look good. It's been this long in the works. Um, I'm going to buy it. And they haven't even paid attention to voice actor struggles or anything like this. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't really amount to a hill of anything. Um, Barely a hill of beans. So yeah, that just feels like a bit of a bit of a wet fart in my opinion shame shame uh yeah. but it's been getting good reviews though <laughs> yeah. from the people that did buy it so uh i'm just interested to see the next stage in this uh now more, more so than actually playing the game because like i said i've still got to play number two yet so I'll yeah get around to it i'll get around to it i've got that lovely uh wii u box set of this uh, yeah i've got i've got the the is it the book of angels or something yeah like yeah it's really nice um, yeah ultimately i hope it doesn't like do, direct people's attentions from the genuine issue that voice actors don't get paid enough um because there was one bad actress in this regard um who decided to use her voice for for wrong or for greed in my opinion mm-hmm. so yeah i just hope that uh, it doesn't ruin the the genuine arguments from other people who are genuinely suffering and struggling in this industry yeah indeed that's all i've got to say on it that's what he's got to say uh mm. and now on, on to some other, other things we both probably don't have a lot a lot to say as we move into silent hill um yes i never i've never played silent hill more than an hour or so i've never completed a silent hill game however this might be my time because they ha- there was essentially like a silent hill direct yeah for lack of a better word and i didn't realize i mean i always knew there was a big fan you know uh, there's a lot of fans of silent hill but i didn't realize there was this, this, they're treating it like it was one of the biggest franchises in the world. Think of the biggest franchises in the world. They are not releasing the amount of games that uh, Konami are releasing in the Silent Hill franchise. They're all shown off in that direct. We have Sega talking about Sonic Directs, probably pumping out about a third of the amount of games that, this, that Konami are pumping out now with Silent Hill. It's insane. That Absolutely is... insane. It's absolutely, it is insane. And I really hope that they're not banking all of their like future like franchises on just Silent Hill because that's what it like looks that. like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Konami have got a history. Let's just put it this way. They, they, they had a very recent history of not, um, for one, not supporting their games fully. I mean, look at the mess that is that eFootball, which, you know, launched to, um, mild, <laughs> very very mild uh annoyance that was and a shame. That really was. Yeah. i'm not a football fan but i was really hoping that there would be some nice competition to fifa with that yeah and let's not yeah. forget that these guys own the entirety of the hudson back catalog you know like bomberman mm. and the like these guys are sitting on pure pure gold and um it really is exciting to see them doing something other than you know pachinko machines it is, so, it is, but it, it is also strange. Oh, you want a new Silent Hill game? Well, how about 15 mm. of them? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's almost as if, like, because we've been we've been watching rumours come in. You know, we don't like to comment on rumours on, on the podcast because, 
I feel like Dan's channel comes off as factual. And the last thing we want to do is mislead or, you know, um, do clickbait, do clickbait stuff. But, you know, we have seen them come in and there's been like five different things, uh, five different games that have come out. Like, oh, there's going to be a Silent Hill set in Japan. There's going to be a new Silent Hill movie. There's going to be a remake of Silent Hill 2. And Konami just went ahead and went, yep, all are true. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, I don't think anybody quite expected this. The only thing that we didn't get is uh silent hills which is that pt um the game that would have been come off that pt uh demo which yeah, everyone yeah, loves yeah. so very very much i i played that i've got that on my playstation 4 um yeah with the busted up that, yeah. hdmi yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you remember when people were selling that uh selling mm. playstation 4s with pt on for like hundreds and hundreds more yeah when they took it off um uh, off the store so uh, what actually did they announce then so we've got uh the big one uh which is silent hill 2 remake yeah yeah uh then you've got silent hill townfall which is a spin-off uh developed by no code studios uh and publisher of annapurna interactive this new project will be a doing unique... some great stuff recently they have majorly uh, this new project will be a unique take on the silent hill franchise from a highly decorated double a developer then you've got silent hill f Another new spin-off uh, set in 1960 Japan. It's a narrative-driven story spin-off. Yep. Then you've got Silent Hill Ascension, potentially the most unique announcement from the transmissions. Konami announced Silent Hill Ascension, an immersive project where participants around the world will control the characters in a new Silent Hill story, basically a Let's Play Pokemon version of a new Silent Hill story. I cannot get my head around that sentence. In other words, you're going to be doing fatal frame style things, walking around. I'm, I, this is my guess: is that you'd be walking around the real world, uh, finding Silent Hill creatures, and you know, yeah. Hopefully, I, I, I just love them. that sentence. Basically, a let's play Pokemon version of a new Silent Hill story. <laughs> I said it. I never thought I'd say it, but I said it. And then you got Return to Silent Hill, which is the new Silent Hill movie, which I'm um, very, very surprised at. But um, I do like. The Silent Hill movie. I felt like they did a pretty good job of it. Um, less said about um, what was the the Silent Hill the original sequel was just terrible, and that had uh, John Snow in it, Kit Harington. Mm -hmm. Absolutely terrible film. But the first one was pretty good. Um, and you know Hollywood, they like to diverge from video game movies. Uh, you know when they do their video game movies, but in reality, they're not so. Um, this one wasn't terrible at all um they they did a decent job of bringing it all uh bringing it all forward like i said i've never played silent hill so maybe this is my time to get into it but i i didn't this it seems like they're starting with silent hill 2 remake mm. do i need to have played the original silent hill before i play silent hill 2 i don't know I'd, i don't think so um the first silent hill was pretty self-contained uh, as right. were a lot of games in that generation where they just didn't know where it was going to go whether it was going to be popular enough for a sequel um, so they just like they made them self-contained stories for the first and then it became sequel, sequel, sequel after that. So Resident mm -hmm. Evil 2 is the same. You could play it um, onwards, whereas Silent Hill 2, it's a completely different character. I think that's true for 3, 4 and, and a Homecoming as well. Different character, same same kind of setting. Um, so self-contained storylines with only references to the previous ones. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I um, can you imagine if I did a complete history on Silent Hill, and it's like, ah, uh, you know, sometimes you have an extra game come out, but then it'd be like, ah, oh, you've missed uh, the next six games. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be insane. But yeah, Absolutely, Silent Hill yeah. 2 uh, remake. Um, um, there's going to be more than uh, a few people excited for that. Uh, and a whole lot more games as well. Uh, but hey, Silent Hill 2 looks really, really nice. It's got to be said. Oh, yeah. It's really, yeah. really cool. Oh, totally. um, um, yeah. yeah, that's probably the one I, I will go for because like Silent Hill 2 is a very popular game. And um, I've, I've, I own a copy in PS2, but it's one of those ones I feel like I'd struggle to go back to because mm-hmm. it's just aged. Um, and then the HD remake that uh, HD remaster that they released on Xbox 360 is famously terrible for um, various reasons. So I'm really hoping that they can pull something out and grab me as a new fan. Yeah, yeah, I'll be interested. Resident that's, Evil done it for me. That's it, Goat King. Yeah. And so in the remaster they did for the Xbox 360, they removed the fog um, because it was just a they ran it through like an algorithm um, where it removed all of the things that they used to for smoke and mirrors around the ps2 architecture and they completely ruined the atmosphere as a, as a result of it right it's like when um Nint- was it done originally because of the draw distance issues that was part of it yeah um but then of course as a result of it being so eerie and you know like somewhat empty and monsters jumping out it actually became part of it mm-hmm. um where it was, it was important to get those scares you know the famous one being there doesn't look to be doesn't look like there's a dog here and there's one jumping out of the fog as he says it um you know the fog is important it's it's part of the setting it's part of the story and then they just removed it <laughs> yeah that's, that, that's quite interesting I, I, i'll be quite interested to look into that because i don't know much about the history of silent hill in all honesty but uh hey if you like silent hill you've got a whole lot of silent hill to be uh looking forward to damn tooting um, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it. Castlevania fans, of which I am one of those people. Um, yeah, there seems to be a new game of the most popular game in the entire franchise. Castlevania Symphony of the Night is now <laughs> been discovered <laughs> game.com on the game.com. Wow. Um, I will say, like, jokes aside, I mean, it, it's going to play terribly, as as all game.com adaptions do with, uh, you know, uh, um, Sonic Jam being the, the big one. Um, Animation-wise, if I can actually get to it here, it doesn't look terrible for what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a game, game.com game. Um, you need, kind of need to hear the audio for this because you can kind of see how it matches up with the action. But the mm. animation seems pretty good. Um the speed general speed sense is pretty good i mean if you guys have seen sonic jam on the GameCom, uh then you'll understand just how terrible this thing this machine is um but seeing these sprites actually working you know in a game boy uh, capacity is quite impressive it really especially, is especially considering the size and scale of S- symphony of the of the night now this prototype is only quite sh- is only a short one um and they weren't even sure like whether it would work because it was just a random cartridge they found um, with Symphony of the Night on it. Very strange. Um, but yeah, it's it seems to be working up until a certain point. I think it gets up to the Marble Garden area, which I had to do a double take because I thought they were talking about Sonic Jam for a second there. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it looks pretty solid considering. And that's it. It looks good for what... It is. Would it be enjoyable to play? Not in the slightest. It would be a terrible game to play. But at the same time, it might be the best thing. One of the better, uh, probably the best port for the game.com. Mm. 
Um, so for that alone, it's impressive, just not definitely worth it. one of definitely the best uh, of the era um, handheld port of the game, <laughs> mm-hmm. considering that there isn't any other than like when the PSP came out. But yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, it, um, the cartridge came into one guy. He never got it to run. He ended up sending it off to someone who fixed it up. And wow, it's working. Here it is. Um, I hope we get to try it out one day just for curiosity's sake. Um, I mean, it is a port of one of the most well-loved games of all time and arguably the most well-loved game in the Castlevania franchise of all time. So uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's insane that it, it it blows my mind that, that the size of Castlevania Symphony of the Night to be put into a Game.com cartridge. It just, that, yeah. that's insane. There is no way that this would have ever been the full game, though. Let's be honest. No, like, no upside-down castle or anything like that. <laughs> no, because Sonic, Sonic Jam was like, um, it was one level, like, assets repeated, and it was supposed to be three games worth of content, but in reality it was three levels um, with different layouts. And a boss battle. It was just yep. awful. Yeah, I've got my sealed copy up here, up there. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And forever, it shall remain sealed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. It's really so strange because it Sonic Jam. It's it's Sonic Jam, but it's got the Sonic R artwork, hasn't it? It's it uh, does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Weird. It's weird. It's weird. So anyway, yeah, Symphony of the Night. Uh, hopefully coming soon to Game dot com. Um, <laughs> hopefully someone finishes it yeah because konami ain't <laughs> yeah i'm kind of okay if konami don't touch this one again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, can, you can leave this one alone you you've got enough silent hill stuff to be working for sure <laughs> right um any perfect dark fans in the house i know that's it's more your bag this bad boy yes so absolutely um perfect dark i love it it's uh every bit as good as goldeneye um which may be controversial to say, but in reality, it's the better single-player experience, and I love me some sci-fi spy action. And truly, like when you think back of all of the shooters on the market that have like objectives and you know first-person shooting action, um, Goldeneye and Perfect Dark are almost in a category of their own because they were one of the few to give you like actual spy objectives during a mission. So, what do I mean by that? That's things like. You know, collecting the the VHS tape from the level or um, finding the keys for the plane or, you know, actually hacking into um, a system. This is long before those linear structures where those were just part of the story. Um, You had different difficulty modes that added extra objectives and you had ones that removed the objectives. Um, Just in general, Perfect Dark was unique um in the same way that goldeneye was when it first came out so mm-hmm. what i love about this is i know this came as part of the nintendo giga leak uh, where you know the source code for mario 64 and legend of zelda were uh, discovered this is also the source code for the perfect dark uh, which has been decompiled and that means that soon soon we will have a native pc port for perfect dark what does that give us? Uh, better frame rates, better graphics, ultra wide support, all of those things are going to be available on PC. And I don't feel guilty in the slightest because I feel like this is a move that Rare should have done years ago. Yeah, um, they yeah. should have they should have released this code onto PC for people to play on PC. And honestly, I hope that they get ahead of this so and do that themselves. Because I think people would pay for it. Mm-hmm. Genuinely. I think it's uh 
I think this is one of the the best first person shooters out on the market, even though it's an N64 game. Um, so I think people would pay for it. I know I certainly would. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I've got I've got nothing to add to this. Uh, I've I've only ever played Perfect Dark in in, in passing, really. Uh, I don't own a copy of it. I know it's well well loved, especially from the GoldenEye community. Uh, it's just not for me. But hey, if it is for you you might get to play it the best way possible very, very soon. Another reason to not own an N64. It's yeah. all good by me. <laughs> and this, this, I think that the, the main things I love about Perfect Dark is like it's not just the, the story, the, the um, like level structure. The story itself, the setting is somewhat unique. It's about all about corporate espionage and, um, you know, you know, aliens coming into it halfway through when aliens are, you know, only part of it. And then aliens getting caught up in this corporate espionage and kidnapping the president and all of that. It's crazy. Absolutely mm. nuts. And uh, it's a real shame that uh, they never gave it the justice of a proper sequel on Xbox 360, even though they tried with Perfect Dark Zero. It was nowhere yeah, near is... as good as this. Well, I, I see an Iquel in the chat saying he preferred the Xbox 360 port. The port of this game of Perfect Dark. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I didn't realize there were yeah. two different ones. Yeah, I, I know so little about Perfect Dark. I'm sounding like the worst historian ever because I don't know about much about Silent Hill. I don't know much about Perfect Dark. Um, yeah. Yeah, the N64 is my uh, it's my wheelhouse, that's for sure. It's my second love after the Mega Drive, for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Hey, it's good. Um, uh, nothing but a good thing. I haven't said that in a while. Nothing but a good thing yeah. um, for when uh, uh, the, these sort of things happen. And I know there's a lot of fans out there for Perfect Dark, and now they get to play it, like I say, on the PC, which is good. Yeah. 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 Can't wait. You know what's also pretty good? Well, you should know. You wrote you wrote the subjects. <laughs> <laughs> the topics. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So Xbox um, Live. So this is... Uh, I think we've spoken about this before, uh, Project mm -hmm. Insignia. Um, but the idea is, is that a group of modders are coming together to essentially resurrect the original Xbox Live 1.0 experience um, by essentially hosting their own servers and then getting people online using this thing called Project Insignia. Uh, I absolutely love this. Like, I remember long time ago in the long long ago back when halo first came out and xbox live was not a thing um because mm -hmm. uh xbox live calendar came out as a result of halo 2 and that was its flagship game so people were looking at ways they can use the broadband ports on the xbox original i'm not almost called it the xbox one there um oh gee and uh, being able to play networked games and it got working you could play halo online long before xbox live came around um so we were pe people were having fun playing with trainers uh using you know like halo ghost with dropping plasma grenades and all of that long before microsoft ever came up with their subscription service mm -hmm. but ultimately that's where it came uh so it's kind of great to see it going full circle again uh, and seeing what Insignia can do by bringing back these servers. And this is great news for video game preservation because there are oh, some yeah, games on this list. Yeah, there's some games on this list that just would not work unless they had online. Things like Fantasy Star and MotoGP Online. Mm -hmm. um, I love the idea that soon, someday, people will be able to play Steel Battalion online again. Uh, lines of Contact, uh, Lines of Combat or whatever it was 
because that is truly a game that can only ever be played on that original experience um you know in that original time sure. this is it's just great news in general like uh, the PS2 online is getting a similar kind of uh, uh, resurrection with the likes of SOCOM, Navy SEALs and what have you. So it's just great to see that people are putting the effort in and getting it working. So by the end of this year, 17 games will be live to play on Xbox Live 1.0 again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome thing. Uh, I've seen 13 on there, big, big fan of that. Um, I, I did play MotoGP and M- Midtown Madness 3. A little bit. I know Crimson Skies was probably one of the biggest ones uh, for online outside of, you know, your typical first purpose like um, Halo, your Call of Duties and stuff like that. I'm all about Dance Dance Revolution, but by this point, you can play those on PC best. Um, Tetris Worlds Online. Hell yes. And and I'm trying to remember if Outrun 2 uh, was online with the original Xbox because I know I played it a hell of a lot on the um uh 360 arcade version i just can't remember if it was on the original one regardless as you say preservation for those for those reasons this is fantastic yeah and also um i love me some crimson skies that is very much a game that needs to be played in multiplayer and that for that that game alone it's worth signing up to this thing um i'll be i'll be hooking it up i'll be giving this a go for sure Mm. For sure. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. Really, very much so. Um, just It'd just be so cool to, to, to go online with an old system like that. And I know you can do this already with the Dreamcast. And I remember yeah. I did that. And that was like, this is so weird, being able to do this. Getting a bit of choo-choo rocket online. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey, this is exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Um, I just I, hope I, I know not... loads of my friends are obsessed with Halo online and Halo 2 more. I just hope they're not selective and that they actually go the full hog and get as many games possible. And not mm-hmm. r- rather than just the ones that they like, it'd be good to see whether they can get all of them running. Um, because well, then they say just... they're going to do all of them eventually. Mm. W- w- whether that actually happens is, is incredibly unlikely, unfortunately, but I hope that it does come to that. Yeah. And it'd be interesting, right? Where does this stand legally? Because in reality... Microsoft are not offering the service. Neither are the publishers who ran their own dedicated servers. So would there really be like any question about whether this is legal or not? I'm sure Microsoft are fine if they saw this. And, you know, is it something that they could take down or whether, whether they think they should take it down? I have a lot of negative things to say about Microsoft, but I tell you what, they're, they're normally hot on this sort of stuff as, and not caring. They, 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 they keep their nose out. Yeah, and, which, which is, is the right right thing to do. Yeah, totally. Yeah, respect where respect is due. Uh, they do the right thing. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I'll be emailing totallyreal at gmail.com later. Sure. <laughs> yes. I'll be good at that. <laughs> uh, so for people that are listening in, we're actually watching them um, uh, signing online uh, with their original Xbox. Um, it's just so cool. It's such yeah. a cool thing to do with old hardware. And there's also and, the kind of thing that you don't expect for emulation. This is actually on hardware. so Yeah, on real hardware. I, I, I want to know what HDMI leads they're using, because this is crystal clear. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's component at this stage. It'll be 720p maximum. Right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so nice. I tell you what, though, it looks like a lot of work to get online. <laughs> I've never seen so many menus in my life just to get online. That's um, truly the old experience, though, isn't it? It is. It is. Absolutely. They really cleaned it up between generations from this to the Xbox 360. 360 was effortless once you'd done it yeah. once. But, uh, hey, well, there you go. 
they they did it apparently. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, guys, those are our topics of the week. Um, quite a lot of good ones in there. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm really interested in following the Bayonetta uh, uh, saga a little bit more as 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 more information drops on that. Um, uh, that that I would say that's one of the big ones. One of the big. Um, but yeah. Thanks so much. It's been a, been a, like I said, a hot long minute since we've done one of these things. Um, and we'll try and be a bit more regular. <laughs> Life does get in the way from time to time. And uh, people, people that are listening in now that wasn't listening in to our little DVD extras bit that we did live uh, before we went live. Um, uh, Grizzly is no longer working with, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll let you explain it, PlayStation Country. Yeah, so few of them, few of you may be aware that I previously wrote reviews for... Um playstation country which is a great little website mm-hmm. uh, where we reviews all of the latest games coming out for the playstation formats um and we kept that running for about eight years uh which is a very very good run um unfortunately the site is uh now sunsetting uh so that means that um the amount of content that's going to be going up is going to dry up um and as a result i've got a bit of extra time on my hands um just to reiterate uh there's no hard feelings between anyone it's just one of those things where the amount of um the amount of uh like time that everyone has to put into it has just dwindled and uh it's one of those things where you just get off the pot really we don't want to let people down and likewise we don't want to uh bite off more than we can choose so that's just the way it goes so absolutely before i go any further i just want to say um you know, if you love 80s movies, uh, if you love anything to do with the 80s and horror films specifically, please do check out the 80s Movie Club. Uh, that is the site ran by uh, the guy who also ran PlayStation Country. Super nice guy. Uh, his name's Rich, uh, also known as uh, Peace Squid on most platforms. Uh, he is a uh, an excellent writer. He's got a very particular uh, sense of humor, and I know that a lot of people will share it. So please do check out his content because uh, he deserves all the love in the world. Um, and he's a good good friend of mine uh, as a result of meeting him on Xbox 360 all of those years ago. Um, but yeah, so where does that leave me? <laughs> well, um, that leaves us moving forward. And hopefully, as we already do collaboratively work on the Slope Extra channel, the Extra Slope channel with this podcast, we're hopefully going to do a few things together um uh moving forward eventually we're both uh we're both busy yeah. people i have the main channel uh and the family and you you, you yourself as well you've got your full-time job and your family uh so um we, we you, you may see grizzly pop up from time to time doing the odd review on the second channel we'll see we will see um but we're definitely going to try and do a few things together um it's not the end of grizzly by any means definitely not absolutely absolutely well anyway guys i think that's the end of the podcast i've had a i've had a good one I've had a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Tis, yeah. tis been good. Yeah. So for all of the people listening in, we'll catch you all later. Catch you all next week, hopefully. And uh, yeah, until then, this is DJ Soap signing out. And hopefully we will see you all uh, next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slope's Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us, then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on Discord at discord.gg forward slash Slopes Game Room. And until next time, guys, this is DJ Slope signing out, and hopefully I'll see you all next time.